Welcome back to episode 32 of the Split the Scene podcast, dubbed the, um, what is it? Oh, shoot, I just stuttered. The Split the Scene final mock. We are in mock, not mock week, draft week. We are finally here. Uh, we are, as of recording this, we are basically 72 hours away from the 2021 NFL draft, which, you know, I feel like people say this every year, but, you know, it's, it's another crazy draft uh, with a ton of quarterback prospects, a ton of outstanding players, a ton of questionable players. It, it, it's just all over the place. But before we get into that, we are going to go through baseball, talk about, you know, some headlines, some teams that surprised us, all the everything that we need to talk about. Uh, and we are going to start with the best series of the week again, which, by the way, is the same exact two teams as it was the week prior. Uh, it's Padres Dodgers again was just a phenomenal series, not only because, you know, you had there was just so much going on. You had the final game go into extras again and was t- down to the wire the entire time when the Padres pulled out the win. But my personal favorite part about uh, this series, which uh, elevated it over the last one in San Diego, was the Twitter beef. Uh, I think Fernando Tatis Jr. has basically locked up my favorite tweet of the year from a sports uh, from an athlete with his response to Trevor Bauer uh, whining about him maybe looking at the sign and then hitting a bomb off of him. You can argue all you want if you check the sign out. I don't really care. Him tweeting a picture of him holding a photoshopped Trevor Bauer head on a baby <laughs> and telling him, what was it, hush child in Spanish or something like that? Or uh, calm? Silence. Silent son. Silent son. There you yeah, go. Silent son. After he, I believe he had his third home run of the series in that game he'd end up hitting four in the series one eight right no, no, no. he had five he had five. five he was the first ever player in mlb history to hit two home runs in back-to-back games off signing the wood winners it was a uh that's crazy that's really that it was a historic series for the San Diego padres and a historic win on sunday night baseball I could talk yeah, about, I mean, about it. I didn't th- I didn't know coming into this weekend that Fernando Tatis Jr. was a huge LeBron James fan, but I really enjoyed to see him pulling out the not one, not two, not three, not four, but five home runs. I thought that was really great to see. I think he's just a baller. I knew he was going to come into this weekend pretty hot. I got a little lucky on something here this weekend, but I knew he was going to have a good week and I capitalized on that. But five home runs, none of us saw that coming. I mean, that was just Unbelievable from Fernando Tatis Jr. He now has what seven on the year, Dom? Eight, seven? seven. He's up to seven. Seven is seven. currently the lead. Is currently the lead uh, in all of baseball. And I know. There are, no time. I know two people who are in second. Yes, I know two people. There are Shohei's up there. Acuna's up there. Um, don't forget the team. Don't for, don't forget. Don't forget Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper yes. were both in second as well with six home runs on the season after right. well it's technically not second because there's like four players in front of them but still six home runs at this point in the season is very impressive yes and the fact that Tatis and Acuna are both up there and even Otani when not playing in every game Tatis missed nine games Acuna is returning soon he's been on the injured list ever since he got hurt last Sunday on Sunday Night Baseball and I mean these guys were soft to historic starts and it's so fun to watch. It's it is Acuna, Castellanos, Nelson Cruz, Eduardo Escobar, JD Martinez, Ryan McMahon, Shohei Otani, Fernando Tatis with seven home runs. 
as it stands entering Monday. There's eight guys tied with seven home runs. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like six tied with six tied with six or something like that. No, there's like there's ten with six. Okay, ten. There you go. Wilson but, Ramos, Reese Hoskins, Tyler Naquin, Matt Olson, Byron Buxton, Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, and Rafael Devers. And that, those are it's also worth noting Ramos. that Pete Alonso has five home runs and the Mets have only played 17 games. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a there's a there's a lot of guys that are hitting a lot of home runs and the balls are flying despite uh the balls not being used anymore. Yeah, I mean, just called being pure athletes. I don't really know what to tell you. Um, but yeah, that was just the greatest series of the season. It, it topped the last one, honestly. There's you, you can't even argue it. It was it was worse than the last one purely for the Twitter, purely for the Twitter <laughs> exchanges. Plus, I just hate Trevor Bauer. So seeing a body like that on Twitter is hilarious, in my opinion. Um, but the Padres, I mean, two game. Did they take was it a four game series? Or was it? I it, was it was a four game series. They won three. They want to take three off the Dodgers who have. Yeah, so uh, now they're four and three on the year against the Dodgers. And I mean, the Dodgers have uh, four pitchers on their starting rotation. They could be aces on any on a couple of different teams. And yes, I'm talking about Dustin May. Um, you can fight with me all you want about that, Twitter. Um, but yeah, I mean, pods are hot. What can you say? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure no Dom is excited. Uh, probably, we talk about it endlessly, I'm sure Dom. Yeah, I mean, and the Padres, they've, they've survived one of the hardest stretches I think I've ever seen a team go through in April. The last 10 games, they faced Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Adrian Hauser. Then they faced again Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, and Dustin May. 10 days straight, 17 straight games to start the season. Absolutely unreal stretch. They got through it. They're above 500. And I'm telling you, once they come out of this off day, when we're recording this on Monday, they're going to explode. And I know they only have like the fourth or the fifth best record in baseball by now. But uh, when it's all said and done in a couple of weeks, the Potters will probably have the second best record in baseball, only behind the Dodgers. I got a question. Leo just mentioned it a few seconds ago, and now I'm thinking about it. Is Dustin May really their fourth best starter? Can we say he's better than Kershaw yet? Um, no, you, I don't think you can. No, no, no. I Dude, Kershaw's still good. Uh, Dustin May is really good. Yeah, he's really good. And his new sliders made him a much better pitcher. And uh, you look at, yes, Ginger, Ginger Pride there for Leo. Uh, I, I, I really enjoy watching him pitch. Now, he pitches really well against the Padres, so I, I hate watching him pitch when it's against the Padres. But, uh, I mean, it's really hard to say he's better than Kershaw. I mean, Kershaw – has started one more game than him, and uh, he has – they have the same ERA, but Kershaw's thrown 10 more innings. May needs to go a little bit deeper in the games uh, for me to give that to him. But, I mean, they're, they're both really good. I mean, you look at this rotation, their ERA plus of their five starters, and, you know, keep in mind the 100 is average. Anything above 100 is better. Below uh, 100 is below average. And the ERA plus for these guys, Bauer, 147, Kershaw, 145. Urias 133, Bueller 173, and Dustin May 148. I mean, that is bonkers. Yeah, I, I think I will have an argument for Dustin May over Clayton Kershaw by the end of the season. I think uh, I will. You, I mean, you I, can't, I, I, I probably will. I'm yeah, you probably will. I mean, I'm not ready to go there yet, obviously, but I mean, 
May's going to end up. With I mean, it's hard to say anyone's better than Clayton Kershaw. He's one of the best pitchers you've ever seen in our life. We'll get to the best one in a little bit, but I mean, May's just filthy though. I think he's going to be a young kid who really develops into one of the best pitchers in baseball. I think he's the Dodgers ace for the next 10 years. I really do. Even before Bueller, I think he's going to develop into one of the best pitchers in baseball. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I think the world of him. Uh, I will never forget watching the, not only, you know, everyone knows him for that sinker, which is just one of the, it's, it's unhittable on righties. Um, and some, and, you know, uh, but outside of that, I always remember seeing the, uh, the, what is it called? The pitch cast or when they, whatever they do when they overlay pitches. And I think they showed his, his sinker versus his four seam coming out of the hand. It's just, looks exactly I think they showed three of his pitches was it or I can't remember which pitches exactly but they basically all look the same out of the hand and, and they're like three wildly different pitches and you gotta love the, the ginger flow so I'm biased the flow is nice flow is nice the flow is nice but uh his flow is nice his facial hair needs to go yeah yeah that's yes that is fair uh he's been memed on for it that's funny but uh Anyways, I think we've talked enough about the NL West for now. Let's move around the league. Josh, is there any team outside of the Mets that you'd like to talk about before you go on and talk about the Mets? I mean, I need to start by talking about the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. I, I try to I stop mean, you, Tom. I, I, I try. I try to <laughs> go ahead. Keep going. I, it's, I unreal that, it's, un, well, it's unreal that you asked you that question when there's a team that won 11 straight games this past week and you go, no, I want to talk about the Mets. No. I, go ahead. Talk I, I don't want to talk about the Mets. I, I'm not going to talk about the Mets. I'm going to talk right, about go Jacob Brown. Go for it. Because he's going to win MVP this year. He's just absolutely insane. Sitting there watching that 15 strikeout game where he also got two hits in an RBI is just unbelievable. The dude literally has more RBIs this year than earned runs allowed. He's really just unbelievable. He's obviously not going to keep that pace through an entire season, but just the fact that he's where he is in his game and still getting better is just phenomenal to see. He truly is the best baseball pitcher I have seen in my life. And uh, I can just watch him every time he starts. He's unbelievable. He really is. Uh, visibly upset for anyone. Kershaw is a better pitcher than Jacob DeGrom over the course of the career. Right now, absolutely not. DeGrom is obviously not now. And Kershaw is on the back end. But, I mean, here's a run that Kershaw has. And until DeGrom does this, he's not the best pitcher I've seen. DeGrom was – sorry. Kershaw was top five in signing award voting every year from 2011 to 2017. So, until DeGrom goes on a run of seven or eight years where he's in the top five and I'll sign, then I'll consider it. And then he has four more really good years after it in which he has a sub-3 ERA except for Clayton Kershaw's 2019 season, where he had a 3.03 ERA that year. So come talk to me when okay, well, well, that's not going to happen simply because Jacob deGrom is just too old to do that at this point. Right, and he's not better than Kershaw, career-wise. He's not. DeGrom, well, well, he's DeGrom, has, DeGrom has four years, meaning those standards, if we count him so far this season, correct? Because he won back-to-back Cyons, and then he finished third last year, I believe, in NL Cyons. So he'd be – he's done at least three years of that. Just for the right. Do you know what Jacob's right. from ERA is since the start of the 2018 season? Yeah, it just got below two. He's unreal, Josh. I'm not Insane. saying he's not unreal, but Clayton Kershaw has a better track record than DeGrom. And until DeGrom does it for three more years, he's not better than Kershaw. I don't want to hear any of the arguments about it. 
I, I, I see I, DeGrom doing it for another three years. I personally don't because the way that DeGrom pitches, I don't think is like sustainable over that course of a period of long time. He could, he could do it. I mean, he's amazing. I, I'm not saying he's not going to, but I just, it's so hard to do that. And when you consider the fact that he's also 32 right now, I just don't think it's going to happen. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I know that we had some people disagree he's with like, us. And then, and then they, they, they backtracked on it because they realized they he were admitted wrong. he was wrong. Right. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to you, Jason. You admitted you were wrong. Uh, he's incredible. Best pitcher right now, but he's probably, at this point, third best pitcher I've ever seen, and he's moving up to number two very quickly. Who would yeah. be? Probably Scherzer. Maybe Verlander. One of those two guys. They've just done it for longer. You got in order to be like the greatest guy that I've ever seen, you got to do it for a long period of time. Also, I will bring up the ring uh, argument. Sorry. No. All those dudes he listed at a ring. I okay. Kershaw didn't have a ring until last year. Okay, right. well, no, I I disagree with him on that point because the starting pitcher. I think Jacob Degrom days. will get a ring. I three to five years. I trust Jacob Degrom will get a ring, God, and I, I have faith. Uh yeah. Okay. Um, the Mets though sitting around five hundred. It's been. I think they. Would they split the series? No, they they took. No, two. they they took two. Yeah. Uh, the NL East is looking, you know, record-wise, is not looking up to what it was supposed to be. Uh, it looks really bad. Say how yeah. it is. It looks bad. It does look The only bad. team with a positive run differential is the Marlins. They're plus one. The only team with a winning record right now is the Mets. They're nine and eight. So, yep. it, it, well, it doesn't the Mets look- also lost a game 16 to four. So, let's keep that in mind when we're talking about the run differential. But, yes. But yeah, that's, that's what happens. But they've also played 16 other games. So, they... They have their opportunities, and outside of that, they have a plus one run differential in the twelve other games. So, they're they're not looking that good, is what I'm trying to say. No one in this division looks good, and I I could not believe what happened to the Braves on Sunday. That was astounding. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm low on the I'm low on the Phillies. Uh, I I don't care what you do. You lose a series to the Rockies. You're, I'm not taking you seriously until you prove me otherwise. So that happened, and we have also made the shameless move of calling and starting a double Herrera in center field tonight. So that's happening. That. Uh, oh, fun. Fun is one way to phrase it. Um, but the division I really want to talk about is the AL West because that division is something else right now. You know, Don mentioned it when Josh skirted talking about them and talking about Jacob DeGrom. But the Oakland Athletics won 13 games in a row. They got shut down last night losing to the Orioles. Uh, but 13 games in a row after starting, I believe, were they 0-5? No, they were like 0-8, weren't they? I think they were 0-8. Uh, 6. 0-6. 0-6. So they rattle off 13 straight wins, and they're still not leading that division, by the way, because the Astros are getting hot themselves. They hung 16 runs on the Angels last night. Uh, I believe they took two or swept that series. The Angels are fal- faltering uh, as well, but the the Astros and the Athletics, boy, uh, they uh, they are looking hot right now. And 13 games in a row is insane to do for any team in baseball. I, I'd say it's hard to win five games in a row. I don't care what team you are. It's it's just a difficult thing to do to string wins together like that. And it is insane. I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about it. If you want to throw anything in there about the, uh, the Athletics, go ahead. Right. Yeah, I, I think this is a really 
fun division. You mentioned the athletics, but you, I want to go to the Astros a little bit because they have a fun series the next couple of days that I'm really excited to see against Seattle. Seattle's a really fun team to watch in this division as well. I don't think they're there yet. I think this is just a hot start like we've seen from them in the past, but I do think that this is a good young core that we talked about it a lot last week where they're going to progress into being something really good. And this kind of reminds me of like the 2019 team that the Padres had where they're going to win around 75 games and be exciting in the future. And it's kind of just building the groundwork here this year in Seattle. But I think this is a really fun team to watch. I'm excited to see these four games against the Astros. If they could win two, maybe three of these games, that's going to be really encouraging for that fan base. Yep. Mariners doing early season Mariners things as well, obviously. Dom, did you want, I think you want to talk about the athletics though before. Yeah. I mean, what, what the streak that they went on was incredible. And they definitely got a little lucky during multiple games uh, during that stretch, especially against the Minnesota Twins, who have certainly struggled to say the least so far in the season. But yeah, I mean, to, to go out and win that many games in a row is incredible. And they also did it with Matt Chapman being terrible. And I'm, just, you know, I like Matt Chapman. I think he's a good player. He is the most overrated player in the league. I mean, some people have, have him ranked as like a top five third baseman. That is just so incredibly wrong. Now, what he does in the field is incredible. At the plate, he is so overrated. Some people act like he's uh, this really good hitter. He's just not. He's been really bad over the past year. And uh, the fact that the A's were able to win without him playing well, uh, it scares me to see what they're going to do once he starts getting back up to where he, he should be at. They still have a negative run differential at 14 and 8. They're winning a lot of close games, but they're, uh, they're winning them, and that's all that matters. And that cold start that we saw him get off to, it seems like that was a little fluky in, a, in part due to a very strong early schedule. And I'm excited to see what they can continue to do because the Mariners are right, right on their heels at 13-9. and nine. Yeah, AL West, something else of a division right now. Uh, another team I want to talk about to go to ALS, AL, to stay in the AL, sorry, is uh, as, pain, as much as it probably pains Josh, the Yankees do seem to be coming back to sorts. They rattled six, four wins off in their last six games, which included the, I would, I would argue, the pitching duel of the, of the season so far, uh, which was Shane Bieber against Garrett Cole. Uh, Bieber actually ended up getting roughed up in that game a little bit. And Cole looked lights out, but it was, it was one, one hell of a game to watch. And uh, yeah, but the Yankees... 9-12, they're still last. Uh, they're tied for today, at least. They're playing the Orioles right now in the series. But um, that division's getting tighter and tighter. Well, uh, while we're talking about the Yankees playing the Orioles, they're playing right now as we speak. And through three innings, they are getting shut out in some one-hit ball from the one and only Matthew Harvey. <laughs> it is three innings in. It is Matt Harvey. Okay, okay. well, it's, it's three okay. – well, it's three and Josh is going to take any chance he can get to bash the Yankees. So I know. Uh, I'm not I mean, shocked that he did that. You should have replaced Yankees in that sense with Matt Harvey, but sure. Well, it didn't seem like you were bashing Matt Harvey. And Matt Harvey was a great pitcher for the Mets and led them to the World Series. So uh, I mean, you can you can you can complain about him all you want and how he he of course fell off like steeper than the Grand Canyon, which I was at this weekend. It was beautiful. Uh, but what a sec. What a <laughs> the Yankees lineup. I mean, they're they're struggling right now. Uh, they, they did get a little bit better this past week, but they got some things to figure it out. And we all know they're talented enough to figure it out. And they, of course, are yet to play with Luke Voigt this year, who 
was one of the more consistent power hitters last year. So I think once he comes back, we're going to be seeing things get a little bit better. But Urshela has not been off to the start that he was on the past two years, which, of course, anyone who lost baseball pretty much figured was going to happen because he couldn't hit water if he fell off a boat while he was in Cleveland. And all of a sudden he goes to New York and poof, he's like a decent hitter. Wasn't going to happen. But uh, Aaron Judge is off to a solid start. Not MVP caliber yet, but uh, I know that Aaron Judge is going to get there eventually. Glaver Torres will find a swing eventually. And once they do, this team will be good because when you have a below average pitching staff in a lineup that's underperforming, you're going to find yourself under 500. Yeah, and this week, though, they do have four games against Baltimore and three against Detroit. So they should be able to win probably five of those games and get themselves back to 500. If they don't win five, maybe four of those games, then Yankees fans are going to really start to get worried about this team. Stanton's been bashing balls, though. And he did in that series. I think he's he's leading the league right now in hardest hit balls. I think he has five... Hits over 120, uh, 120 off the bat. I think the next closest person, I don't remember who they are, but they only have one. So Stan's been matched, but obviously he's also striking out a lot and he's not hitting that well. I just, he, he hit some ball. He hit some piss missile singles. Like the only reason they were singles is because those things came flying off the bat and got out to left field before you could clap three times. So I thought that was interesting to watch. But yeah, uh, is there any other things you think we haven't? Uh, I missed guys. You want to talk about baseball? Talk AL West, NL East, AL East. Madison Bumgarner, he threw a no hitter. I don't give a damn what anyone else says about it being seven innings. Listen, he knew when he was going out on the mound that day that he was pitching in a seven inning game, and he went out there and didn't allow any hits in the seven inning game. That is a no hitter, as far as I'm concerned. And Josh, who hasn't stepped foot on a baseball field in several years, is going to tell me otherwise. I don't care. If you shut down a professional lineup for all seven innings that you're going to go out there and pitch, it's a no-hitter. And it's absolutely BS that the MLB is not going to consider this a no-hitter. And go ahead. Tell, tell me why it isn't a no-hitter. It should be scored as a no-hitter with an asterisk next to it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yes, I mean, you got to acknowledge it was only seven innings, but the fact that you get credit for it is ridiculous. It's not the same as throwing a nine-inning no-hitter. Let's not try to pretend like it right. is because That's it course. should not be considered the same way. However, that tells me that's you too no hitter. Exactly. That's six outs less. I mean, those last six outs. And remind me how many pitches Madison Bumgarner threw in that game. I believe it was close to 100 pitches, if not more. He probably would not have gotten through nine unless they really let him go throw 130, 140 pitches, Johan Santana style. I mean, that would have been hard for him to get through, especially with the age that he's at. I don't know if it were a nine inning game, if you would have been able to finish that no hitter. So it's a bit of a question there. You should count it as a no hitter because he didn't allow any hits in the entire baseball game. And that's what a no hitter is, but seven innings, you got to put an asterisk next to it. He did 98 pitches. So it would have been hard. So it it would have been hard for him to finish it, but he did what he could do given the circumstances of the game that he knew going into the game. It wasn't like Pedro Martinez's game. They got stopped early and, that, that's different. He knew course, yeah. that he was going to pitch in the seventh inning game, and he did it, and he didn't allow any hits. It's a no-hitter. I, I want to ask, though, I know the one base runner he gave up was on an error, I believe, correct? There was an was error, base, yeah. It was an error, and that was the only base runner. So I, I just want to ask, I don't know if you guys would change your opinion. If it weren't for the error and this were a perfect game, would you want to score it as a perfect game or not? Yeah, with an asterisk. I don't know why you wouldn't 
I think it's a little different between it, it, it's very game. it's very different. I mean, there hasn't been a perfect game in almost 10 years now at this point, and there's only been 23 really? in MLB history. Yeah, Felix Hernandez, the last perfect game. Yeah. Yeah. It's been that long sooner. No, it hasn't. Oh, Josh. It's gotten Josh. close. I'll, I'll bet you 15 bucks right now that the last. Uh, I mean, uh, it obviously hasn't if you're saying it this confidently, but why do I feel like it has? Because they're so close. rare. I mean, the I mean, Max Scherzer was one batter away from doing it when he hit Jose Palata. Still got the no hitter. It, it was the, 2012, the, by the way, so it was nine years. Wow. I said nine years. I said nine years. I thought you said 10. Okay, maybe it was Leo who said 10. I said almost 10. No, it was nine. It was in 2012. Okay. It was August 15, 2012, right? I closed the tab. I don't remember. Oh, I'm pretty sure. All right. Double check. Let's... Okay, but let's uh let's keep this music. We're going off on a, a tangent here. August fifteenth, twenty twelve. There you go. Um, okay. Where did this even? Where did this even start with? Where, where, if it should be scored as a no hitter. Oh, okay. oh, the Bumgarner no hitter. Okay, yes, yes. The that is definitely something you wanted to bring up. I'm going to take a minute to gloat on, on one of my players because Bryce Harper's slash line right now is absolutely insane. Uh, hitting three thirty eight, six home runs, ten RBIs. His OPS is one one three two. Got to put him in the MVP conversation. I don't want to hear it. He's not the front runner, but <laughs> that's that's a nuts stat line. I mean, right? Am, am I? Well, yeah, no, no, it definitely. Am I out is. of left field? No. Uh, stop. That was bad. Stop. Uh, just stop. But I mean, the only guy that I guess what you could say is in front of him is Acuna, and Acuna's missed a week, so like it's hard to say. Cool. Obviously. We're in April, so like the sample sizes are already like pretty small. Considering and Josh is going to say Degrom, and Degrom's in the conversation. I'm not going to say no to that, obviously. But uh, I mean, Harper's right there. Harper's been off to a killer start. The people who think that he's not good, they're getting proven wrong. And the people that have always backed him up and said, "Well, I don't, I don't care how low his batting average is. His OBP is 400, and he's he's slugging the ball at a high rate. He's still a great player. He's playing great defense, and it's exactly what he's doing." He's proving the intelligent baseball fans right, and the haters can um, can go go take a hike. Yeah, as um, much as NLB a- does, like a player of the month, right? For each yes, NLAL. I would imagine if Degrom throws another shutout in his next start, or honestly, just even seven innings of one run ball, that's his. Well, they do. A I agree. They do a pitcher and a, and a. Yeah, they do. They do do. They, I mean, he might get both, but he he'll definitely get. He'll definitely get pitcher. Uh, I think I can say no, that. <laughs> Unless he gets completely rocked, but yeah. They'll give it, they'll get, they're going to, it's going to be DeGrom and somebody. They're not going to give him both the ones. They could. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if if he throws another shutout. Or, no, 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 another guy, another guy. No, he could not win it. It could be Corbin Burns. It could be Corbin Burns. Oh, yeah. It could Dude, be Corbin, Corbin Burns. Burns has only allowed one run. He struck out 40 guys, which is almost as much as DeGrom. And he does. He is a walk guy. It could God. be Corbin Burns. Jacob Degrom isn't the best pitcher in the NL. Oh, that's crazy. That's not true. <laughs> since the start, since the start of last year, Corbin Burns has been the best pitcher in baseball. <laughs> now, obviously, over the course of the the three year span that Degrom's been dominant, which of course is a much better sample size to go with who's the best pitcher in baseball. It's clearly Jacob Degrom. But over the past. You know, since the start of the 2020 season, it's been Burns. He's been incredible, and uh, he's he's so fun to watch. That cutter is disgusting. 
Yeah, that's crazy that Jacob deGrom is losing the Player of the Month award to a non-ace. That's nuts, man. Yeah, he's nuts. Uh, <laughs> Not according to you, Dom. <laughs> did I pick him with Woodruff? You picked Woodruff. That's the one Josh got so upset about. Uh, <laughs> boy, I, I'll take that one back then, though. Anyways, I think I think we're going on a tangent here. Uh, we're obviously kidding about Corbin Burns. It, well, Dom's not, but I was kidding. Uh, J- Jacob Degrom is is the, the best pitcher in baseball right now. No, he is. But I just said since the start of twenty twenty, that's a fact. That's, Burns has uh, been the best. Does yep. that mean he is the best in baseball? No, but since then he's been the best. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for baseball. Uh, you, you know, if we miss anything, let us know on Twitter because obviously we get so much interaction on Twitter being a popular podcast. Um, God, there's just so many messages in my DMs I have to go through on a weekly basis. Uh, <laughs> that was a horrible joke. Anyways, we're going to move over to football um, and we are going to try and do a split the seam mock draft. Uh, the fun way that I want to do it is we all have made mock drafts, I think, or at least I know for a fact me and Josh Bolton have made mock drafts. Uh, Dom's on his head, so he made one. So we're all going to present our picks for this, but we're going to vote out of all of our picks which one is the best, uh, is the better one. And uh, I'm going to try and get it to the, to the point where we have a split the seam sponsored mock draft. But this might go horribly wrong and take three hours because we're going to argue so many of these picks. So we're going to try and do this segment like this, but it might crash and burn. Um, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll jump right into it. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you I can say before we jump right into it, can we start at three? Just for okay. time's sake, we're all taking Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson one and two. Okay. Well, we are. Uh, so yes, yes, we are. We're starting at three. Um, All right, fine. The Great. Jets are making a mistake, though. I agree, but we've already established that. All right. So look, hey, my my <laughs> my plan for this mock draft is working out. We've all voted the same person for the first two picks. So there you go. It started well. Is it going to go downhill in about five seconds? hundred um, <laughs> percent. Josh. I'm going to let you start. Who are the San Francisco 49ers taking the number three? I, I made it pretty clear on the last podcast that we had that I think Mac Jones is the second best quarterback in this draft class. However, I think Trey Lance is the right pick for San Francisco because they'll be able to sit him for a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo and develop him a little bit. However, I do think they're going to end up taking Mac Jones with the third overall selection. So who'd you mock? I mocked, he mocked Mac, Jones. Mac Jones. Okay, all right. I did too. I mocked Mac Jones. As I, well. I don't agree no, with I, it, but I am giving them Mac Jones. I I wholeheartedly disagree with it, but I I did the same thing. So it so since those two picked Mac Jones, our split the mock will have Mac Jones as the third overall pick. But I am not putting Mac Jones there. I am putting Justin Fields there. Um, and this is why, because I think the 49ers are doing exactly what the Browns did in 2018, which was we're going to put out a bunch of news that we're going to take Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen. And then an hour before draft night, everyone's going to hear that we're taking Baker Mayfield. And that's what we're going to take. I think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are blowing smoke up the media's butt because it's fun to play with them. And I wouldn't play with them if I knew that much insider. 
uh, stuff. And I think they're going to take the second best quarterback, in my opinion, in the draft, Justin Fields. I could be very wrong, but uh, this is Bennett Prague getting in my head and convincing me this is what's going to happen. Uh, and I'm going to roll with it. So I could be wrong. Uh, it could be Mac Jones. But I, 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 we've seen this before. This narrative has happened before. So we'll see what happens. But regardless, let's put the same mocks. Mac Jones to the Niners because you two picked Mac Jones. So that's what we're doing. All right. Moving on to number four. Uh, I will start this time since I went last. I have the Falcons deciding to roll with Matt Ryan, and they're going to take the best player on the board still, Kyle Pitts. So I have Kyle Pitts going down to play for the Falcons. I do too. Okay. I do too. I don't think it's the right move again, but that's what I have. If I, I did this based on what I think is going to happen and not what I would do with the GM. Right. You've made that prevalently clear through the first two picks that you've talked about. <laughs> right. Uh, but... And I, it's going to be hard to criticize this pick if that's exactly what happens. Cause I mean, we've all talked about how great Kyle Pitts is and you know, tight ends, they, they don't exactly have the best, Track, track record, but at the same time, Kyle Pitts is worst. Uh, yeah. I will say before you put that pick in and send it, if you're Atlanta, I'm calling Carolina, I'm calling Denver, I'm calling New England, I'm calling Chicago, and I'm why, trying to pick up some more draft picks. Why would care you do? We don't call Carolina. They why? just traded for Darnold. They might yeah. be interested. You never know. It's worth the shot. If they hang yeah. up, they hang up. That okay. is true. That's fine. Uh, I'm calling yeah. a couple teams. I'm asking around. I would try to trade out of the four spot before you put the pick in for Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I just think Atlanta thinks they can roll with Matt Ryan. There's too much talent at four, and they don't want to trade down to a point where they can't get that generational talent, uh, which would be with all those picks that you just said, they would lose out on those guys, um, in my opinion. But split the seam. Guys, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're in agreement through four of the, of the picks here. We're eighth of the way done. This is beautiful. It's going to go horribly wrong. And I think we're going to agree on five too, Leo. Oh, yeah. Are we all Panay Sewell to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals? They actually make the right pick here? Or Tom, you stupid? No, Panay Sewell. I've made it very Absolutely clear. Sewell at five. All right. Awesome. We have the Bengals it, it, doing something right. It does not matter who your quarterback is throwing to if your quarterback is throwing from his butt. If your quarterback is throwing from hospital bed. Um, that too. Yeah, so Penny Sewell. Burrow might have a good arm. I don't think he can throw it from the hospital bed. No, yeah, he can't. Um, so Penny Sewell to the Cincinnati Bengals. They get their left tackle of hopefully a decade. Uh, moving on, number six, Miami. Uh, I'm going to have Dom start this one since uh, us two have started the other ones. All right. Uh, I'm assuming that I'm going to pick someone that neither of you are going to pick. Uh, I think the pretty common consensus amongst people is that they're going to draft a skill position player. I don't think that's going to be true. Uh, I think you saw what happened when Tua was under pressure last year. It's a big concern. I think you're going to address that with this draft pick. And you're going to take Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. Is that really what we're about to mock? Josh was no, I, I, I went with Chase because that's what I think oh. is going to happen. Oof. I, I think Dom is right that that's what they should do, but I think Chase is what they're going to end up selecting at six. Yeah, I just don't think they pat Chase is so good, and they don't have a, a real wide out next to uh, 
the inconsistent Devontae Parker. Uh, Preston uh, Williams was really good for them too before. He yeah, but he's he's, he's he's a slot guy. I want to ask, I want to be reminded, it was Dom who said before we went on that you did not have any trades in your mock, correct? Dom said you didn't have any trades, yeah. That is correct, yes. Because especially for you, as opposed to the two of us, if you're going, no, you would be the one who I would want to have trades, especially from that Miami perspective. If you're taking Slater at six, maybe move up from 18 to try to get into the early teens if there's another one of those receivers on the board and go get someone for Tua. I think that's a really, really good option for them. I don't know if they'll do it, but I think that, that's the best thing that could happen for Miami out of this draft. They got a ton of picks. They can afford to move up into, let's call it that 13 spot with the Chargers maybe to try to jump New England if there's still a receiver on the board. I think that would be a good spot for them to move up if they choose to go Slater at six or maybe Sewell if he's still there. Who knows? All right. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, Miami could do a lot with their picks. A lot. There's a couple of teams here that could, trade up a lot to the picks that they have this year and the coming years. Uh, but we will move on. We will move to number seven overall pick, which is held by the Detroit Lions currently. Uh, Josh, I'm going to go back to you to start this one. What do you have them do? Uh, I went with the trade here, and I know you can sit and wait for a quarterback to fall into your lap, but I think that's being weak. When you're looking for a franchise quarterback, you have to go get him. It doesn't matter who's in front of you. I got the Denver Broncos moving from nine to seven to jump over Carolina. If they would maybe want to have a quarterback fall into their lap or have get on the phone, have someone jump Denver at nine, you got to move up, make it official, go get your quarterback, go take Trey Lance. All right. I'm going to go second here because I have a trade, but it's not, has nothing to do with what Josh is doing here. Um, I have the new England Patriots trading with their former DC Matt Patricia to trade up to number seven. I have him selecting Mac Jones here, but Matt, Matt Patricia's fired. Oh, sorry, not Matt Patricia. I don't know what I'm saying. But anyways, I have Detroit trading up to to number seven. Uh, I have him selecting Mac Jones, but for the sake of this mock, I will say it's Justin Fields uh, because you know we've already had our map as our mock has Mac Jones on the board. Uh, I think New England goes up and gets uh, their franchise quarterback with a lot of picks. And I think Detroit is a trade candidate, regardless of my blunder saying Matt Patricia, that's an NFC team, AFC team. If they give them enough picks, I think they go up there and get them. Uh, and I think Denver can get Trey Lance at a lower pick than Josh is thinking. Uh, Dom, what do you have Detroit taking? Can I, can I just say one thing before we get to Dom while we're on the subject of New England trading up? I've been this, I've been watching a lot of TV the last couple of days here, and a lot of people talk about the draft, and a lot of it's focused on New England, of course, because they're a very interesting team to watch, have a large fan base, and a lot of people talking, you know, Bill Belichick doesn't really like to trade up in drafts. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life, because Bill Belichick has never been in a position to trade up in a draft. He's always picking late 20s, early 30s. He's never picking 15. And you're not trading up unless you need a franchise quarterback. When you got that guy, that guy, Tom Brady, they had, I don't know if you heard of him for 20 years, they didn't need to trade up and go get a quarterback. Now they do. Maybe they'll do it. I don't know. I'm not a fortune teller. I can't tell you what he's going to do. But anyone saying Bill doesn't like to trade up into the first round is stupid because he's never needed to go get a quarterback before. Yeah, that's perfectly said, Josh. I, I agree with you. You've... Most of these people talking about it uh, on at least Twitter, at least are probably our age or younger. And they literally haven't lived in a year in a, in a time outside of last year where Tom Brady's not the quarterback of 
the New England Patriots. So you have no idea what Bill Belichick would do. Uh, but let's get Dom saying what he thinks the toy would pick since, you know, he doesn't have a trade. I agree with you guys. Really good trade option for, for this team. I also think the Detroit Lions could take a quarterback. I wouldn't be like too shocked if that ends up happening. You know, they're, they're in a team that's in the limbo in terms of the quarterback spot. You know, they traded away their franchise quarterback. Uh, they're, you know, they got a stop gap that is Jared Goff. He's under contract for the next three years, but you know, you can, you can get away with that deal uh, after next season or the year after that. And, you know, uh, develop a quarterback if you want here, but I decided to, uh, to booster, uh, to bolster, the wide receiving core that has been very heavily depleted this time because uh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are both gone now. And I have been taking my number one wide receiver. I know it's not any of your guys' number one wide receivers, but Jalen Waddell, he's going to get open for them. And I think he's going to be a fantastic pick there for Detroit. I want to say, so obviously I had Denver moving up to seven, which means Detroit's going to get the ninth pick. Let's fast forward a little bit. I have Jalen Waddell at nine to Detroit. I love that fit, Dom, so good job. And I actually, if we're going to be on that point, I actually have Lance going to the Broncos at nine. So look at there us. There you go. Okay. Okay. All right. So <laughs> let's, I'm being attacked. Let's, let's hold on for a second here because I, I will not, Dom, you're going to decide which pick this is on the mock because you're not having one of the trades. You said you like both of the trades. I am going to try to entice you to mine, uh, but purely for the fact that Josh is, pick is reliant on the idea that Carolina is going to maybe take Lance, which no, not to- even Carolina is going to maybe take Lance. Someone else is going to move up to seven. Okay. It's the same thing. I, I don't want to, I know that you guys always yell at me for making comparisons to what the bills have done, but you look at what the bills did in 2018, moving from seven to 12, no one was in that eight to 11 range who wanted quarterback. They were just scared of Arizona moving up in front of them which they eventually did move in front of that 12th overall pick to Josh Rosen, but they were scared of someone else moving up in front of where they were sitting at 12 to get their quarterback. It does not matter. You need to get your quarterback, especially in a jump from seven to nine like that. You don't wait. You give up the fourth rounder or whatever it's going to be, and you go get him. It's It's a third rounder. It's a second rounder. Um, It's not a second rounder to get from seven to nine. Yes, yes. I, I promise you it is not a second on, round. On draft night, it's a second round pick. No, it's not. It, it is. Um, Dom, listen, this song is say you have Lance at nine already. So if you pick Josh's, you ruin your pick for nine. So you should just pick mine. Well, I mean, I don't think so. Because, like, we could mock the Lions to pick at nine and take Waddle. Uh, well, that's you're not going to get my vote for that because I'll tell you right now that's not happening. So I don't agree with you. Why won't Denver Why? trade up to seven? Because they can get the quarterback they want lower than nine. Nope. First of all, know. they probably can't. Second of all, it doesn't matter if you have a quarterback you like. You get aggressive and you go get him. I mean, if you want to burn picture. Well, no, because here's the thing. is, If you're right about your quarterback... No, we're sitting here three years later not caring that the Bills burn two second rounders to go up and get Josh Allen. Right. No exactly. one cares. If you get your guy, you get your guy. It's either you, you, you make the right pick here or you miss and you suck. And for the Denver Broncos, it's not that suck. It's not that black and white. It's just not that black and white. 
It, it really right. is with the quarterback position. It's not. Let's move on because we have so many picks, Dom. Just pick either if you if right. That's that's why the Jets are picking second and the Bills are picking thirtieth. Right. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. It's I that black and white. Super Bowls. The only one of those teams, one of those teams has a Super Bowl, so I don't really care. It's been um, three years. Give it time. Okay. Still All right. Uh, so we're, we've got an off topic. I mean, I, I want to take Josh's just because it it it, map, it matches what my picks are. All right, then that, that's that's all I want to that's all, all I want to hear. So listen, uh, like when we give another trade, uh, I it's it's gonna be different. Like that's let's fine. see. What we I just I, I literally I don't care that much. I literally just want to keep this thing going because I right. don't want to Number eight is Carolina. I'll go first. This is where I have Slater going. I think Carolina mm-hmm. is trading for Sam Darnold. They need DNA protection. They already have a good wideout core. They already have a okay defense uh, i think they get the second best tackle in the draft uh Slater at eight if you're going to give darnold a chance you got to really give him a chance and protect him yep so slater at eight dom just tell us what you were thinking because uh i, I think that's a good pick uh, i would certainly be very happy for them if they did that pick how right slater going earlier so he does not make it to carolina uh i have them taking southern california cornerback southern california southern carolina cornerback J.C. Horn, I don't think he, I don't think he's the best corner in this draft. I had him at number three on our quarterback rankings, but uh, I know that Carolina's probably got him more scouted than any other cornerback, and I assume that uh, if that is the case, cornerback is a need for them as well. So I think that this could be a good pick. Uh, J.C. Horn at eight to Carolina. All right, uh, well done. You snooze, you lose. Your pick doesn't go through. Obviously, I don't know why I said all that. That's that's a, that's a nice pick. I like the logic, uh, Carolina logic there. But we will have Slater going to the Panthers here. Uh, nine, I think I'm about to get uh, outvoted here. Uh, but I'm going to just say my piece because mine's interesting. Uh, I have the Denver Broncos trading down with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are going to go up to nine to jump Dallas in my world to pick the cornerback they want. Um I'm, they might not make the right decision, but I think they want to make sure that Dallas doesn't screw them out of the player that they like. And I have them going up and taking Patrick Sertain. Uh, so that is what I have the Eagles doing. The Eagles, there's a bunch of news that they're going to trade up and stuff and how he's going to be active. I have no doubt in my mind, I'll say this on the podcast, this is what I have no doubt about. The Eagles are not going to pick 11 players this draft. I'll tell you that right now. They have 11 picks. They're not going to make 11 picks. Uh, because I completely agree with that. Uh, so there's going to be a trade for the Eagles. I think this is where they do it. Uh, I want to have some fun with the mock. So I have them go up and get their cornerback uh, at number nine. But that's not what we're going to do with the scene because these two guys are going to tell you what we're going to do with the scene. Yeah, I already told you what I have. Waddle at nine to Detroit. Yeah, and I, I, I'm good with that because I have Lance uh, to Denver at nine. Uh, and so Josh and I, we have those picks flopped. So uh, once again, I, I, I think that's a good possibility that the Eagles trade up. Uh, and the Denver doesn't pick here at nine. I wouldn't be shocked if they do that. But uh, I think Waddle to the Lions here is a good pick if you're doing trades. All right. So for the split the same mock, the number nine overall pick will be Jalen Waddle from Alabama to the Detroit Lions, my wide receiver two. Uh, so next we'll move on to pick number 10 here, which would be the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I have them, obviously, with the Eagles doing what they do. I have, the, I have Dallas taking J.C. Horn here uh, at 10. Uh, Josh probably, I'm going to guess, is Sertain, and Dom probably has Sertain. Cowboys get Sertain. 
Yeah. I have Sertain as well. So, so your trade up in front of them to, uh, to get Sertain would be, you know, exactly what you're thinking from the Eagles point of view. So, yes. Certain, yeah, so certain to the Cowboys. Certain to the Cowboys in this mock without my trade going through makes complete sense for me. Uh, we'll keep this moving since we have a lot of picks to get through. We'll go to number 11, uh, the New York Giants select who, Josh Golden? The New York Giants at the 11th overall pick will select nobody. They will make a move down to the number 20 overall pick with the Chicago Bears, and Ryan Pace moves up to get his guy in Justin Fields. Oh, okay. That is, that's interesting. Um, Jump New England. Yeah, we do. Um, interesting, interesting. Dom, what do you have here before we talk about it? Uh, so, I mean, obviously I don't have them doing a trade. I think that would be interesting in that uh, I, I saw someone on Twitter really uh, complaining that the, the Bears better not trade up to get Justin Fields. That would be funny if that ends up happening. Then I get to see that video. Uh, I have them drafting wide receiver Devonta Smith. Uh, once again, another guy that uh, I'm not as high on as a lot of people are, but I feel like he matches the uh, the scheme because, you know, Jamar Chase, uh, he's still on the board for me, but uh, very similar to Kenny Galladay. And I just don't think that that makes a ton of sense to have another guy similar to him. So I have Devonta Smith getting picked in front of him at 11. Uh, I just, <laughs> Jamar Chase I just realized, off the board. I just realized yeah. Dom is Jamar Chase is 32. Wow. That's uh, that is a take. Now, I don't disagree with it. I just that's bold. That's quite bold. That's that's kind of it's kind of gross. Um, I'm sorry. I, I don't hate it. I really I, don't hate it. I do. I don't agree with it, but I don't hate it. I I I'm sorry. I do hate it. Um, that's fine. I will I will say I have the Giants. He's not here to please you. Uh, yes, I know. Uh, no one is. I will say that I do have the Giants selecting a wideout, but for me, Jalen Waddle would be here. Uh, so I'd have them taking Jalen Waddle. Um, actually, I have Devonta Smith falling, uh, not because he's a bad player and I think he's, he's overhyped, but I think that there's uh, bigger positions that teams from here till I haven't picked want than him. But uh, I guess I get to decide here since my player isn't here, uh, which gives a little bit of power to me, um, <laughs> which I hate because it's either do I pick a trade that I don't think will happen or do I pick Jamar Chase as a wide receiver three off the board? But why don't you think this trade will happen? Seriously, why don't you think it'll happen? Because I don't think Chicago is that sold on any of the quarterbacks in this draft class and they don't really have enough capital. To they, they'd have three But they're sold on Andy Dalton? They'd have, th they'd have three quarterbacks on the roster and, and they, they're paying Nick Foles, they're paying him down. I think they're waiting until next year to go for a quarterback. I think they're going to pay Right. Ryan Pace can wait until next year and still be employed. Totally. Well, I mean, Ryan Pace is delusional. Josh, so. Josh, Josh, I agree with you. He's going to get fired after this year because he already dug his own grave. But at the same time, he solidified that by signing Andy Dalton. If they really wanted to get a quarterback this draft, they would have not signed Andy Dalton had, uh, had what's his name, had Foles be the backup or Foles develop fields. Because listen, it, if Darnold didn't have, yeah, I mean, if Darnold, if if Donald, Donald, if Dalton Dalton didn't sign with the Bears, I would think you you're crazy. Shut up. I bought I botched that. But if they didn't sign Andy Dalton, I think your trade would be perfect. Yeah, I would totally I agree. Look, at the end of the day, 
Ryan Pace is going to get fired if the Bears do not have their franchise quarterback by this time next year. You have to do something to save your job. He's getting fired regardless of what he does. I agree with you. However, you have to take a chance. You can't just admit your fate that you're not going to have a job. I'm going to take. You have to take a chance. I'm. I'm going to. That's not going to happen. I'm going to take Dom's pick because I re, I forgot that we already had Jamar Chase off the board, so it's not wide receiver three in our world. It, it is in Dom's fake world. It is in my. It is in my board. Yes, and yes. I'll just let you know right now. He's going twelve to the year Eagles. Which I think would make you, if, which if, would make you the happiest man on earth. If Jamar, Dominic Stern, if Jamar Chase gets to pick twelve, I I will go streaking informed in park, I, which is the park right. I would love world. to see that. <laughs> That's not. I'm not saying. I, I would love to see you go streaking in Thorndon on a Thursday night at ten o'clock. Well, I would wait till like midnight. Um, <laughs> I'm, Dom, I'm not saying if Jamar Chase gets selected by the Eagles. If they trade up and go get him, it doesn't count. If he gets to pick 12 and the Eagles land him, I will go streaking in Thornton Park, okay? That, I'm telling you that right now. All right. Hey, as someone who has streaked before, it's an electric feeling. <laughs> I've also streaked, so it's not – I understand the electric feeling. Josh? Um, no comment. Josh. Uh, I'm kidding. I have. I have. Don't worry. It's so fun. Around around the baseball fields at camp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I would also like it on the record that I put significantly more effort into this mock draft from like picks probably like eighteen and up or more effort than the rest of it. Oh, hundred percent. I think every, I think everyone does that unless your team's picking yeah. late. Um, which one of our team? Well, I guess Buffalo is, but. Um, all right, you'll so, be shocked at who I mocked to the Rams in my first round. Really, who Manti Teo's girlfriend? Um, yeah, nice. it's Lin- it's Lene Kakua. Okay, say her name. I t- I t- <laughs> <laughs> oh, god! Oh, god! <laughs> that was that was good. All right, let's go. <laughs> uh, okay. Did you guys um, know that a minor league baseball team did a Lene Kakua bobblehead night? It's like yeah, em- empty bobblehead boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. All right. All right, let's do it. Five, four, three, two, one. So, uh, looks like technical difficulties. I got too excited about Dom's mock of Javon Chase landing at 12. Uh, which isn't going to happen uh, in this mock because we just mocked him earlier. And we have Devonta Smith going to the Giants here at 11. So we'll move on to number 12, which in this mock is the Eagles pick. Uh, I'll just get mine out of the way because it's not going to happen again. Uh, I have Denver picking Trey Lance here because I think they can get Trey Lance at 12 and they know they can. I think they know he'll fall. Uh, so I have them getting their quarterback of the future at 12 but that's not happening in this mock, so we don't need to talk about it. Uh, we'll move to Dom. Dom already said what he has the Eagles doing. Uh, if you just want to repeat it, I guess. Jamar Chase will be wearing the Eagles green. It's midnight green, Dom? Midnight green. I don't care. Thank you. You should care. Uh, Josh- All right. I, I, I'll care now. I'll care now. Okay, good. Josh, Josh, what do you have the Eagles doing at 12? I, I think they're going to shock some people and take Jalen Phillips. All right, wait, are you 
Wait, are you not joking? No, I'm completely screwing with you right now. JC Horn. Okay. <laughs> that, that, was, that was good. <laughs> I hate you so much. All right. Um, so the only one we can select here is Josh's because the other two don't work on our boards, on this board. So Josh gets a pick here. Uh, the Eagles selecting Jace. Oh, wait. Does it work? Yes, it does. Yes, yeah, JC Horn was not mocked yet. I, I had him. He's off my board already, but. He's also uh, on my board, but yeah. All right, Horn, Horn at twelve. Horn at twelve. I would, I would be happy with that. Pick, pick thirteen. I think we all might agree on. By the way, I have Darisaw. 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 All right, fourteen. Clean Let's sweep. Uh, I don't think we're gonna say for this one. Uh, I have, uh, I, I don't want to butcher his name. Kwitty Pay. I have the the best. Kwitty Pay. Kwitty Pay. Kwitty Pay. I have the best edge going to the Vikings. I think they go interior or line, Elijah Vera Tucker. I think he's a great prospect, and I think they really, really need offensive line help. Yeah, so we all have different picks here. Uh, <laughs> all, all, I have an edge, and uh, I do remember that uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, I had him below Quitipe on my rankings. So, actually, I'll go with Leo on this one. Let's go Quitipe to the Vikings here, because I have Jalen Phillips, who's also an edge, but I have him as my number two edge guy, and uh, he was significantly lower on the uh, on the edge rankings on the draft network, which I disagree with, but they know more than I do. So um, let's go Kutipe, 14 here, the Vikings. I, I have Phillips going much later, much, much later. Right, which is what I would have had if uh, if Quitty, if I realized that Kutipe was below him, but yeah. I have Phillips in the first round. Um We'll move on to 15 here. Uh, this one, this pick doesn't matter for me because I had New England trading here. Uh, this is Detroit picking here for me. And I would have Devonta Smith picked here at 15, uh, which doesn't matter for this mock once again because I don't get nice things. Uh, and, <laughs> well, well uh, I want to say I do also have Devonta Smith picked here, but going into New England, I have Devonta falling into their lap in Foxborough. I think they can do a lot of interesting things with a unique slot guy like Devonta Smith. We can't do that pick either because Smith already went. So. so so does that mean my pick is the the official uh, mock pick here? At, if, at 15, if your player hasn't been picked. At 15, the New England Patriots will be selecting quarterback out of Ohio State, Justin Fields. Okay, so and I know I know that doesn't make I know that makes Josh happy because he doesn't think Justin Fields is that good, but uh, or at least compared to the other quarterbacks in this class. But that is a to me a scary thought because I think that he is the second best quarterback in this class. Uh, but based on what everyone else has said, uh, it, it's kind of giving me Josh Rosen vibes, where you know, like he he enters the year, he enters the off season, like as this you know number two guy, he just kind of falls on lists, but. Uh, we'll see. New England's going to get their guy. Hey, at least me. I'm not scared of what New England does in this draft. Like, I think whatever quarterback they end up with will find <laughs> some success in New England, whether that be Lance, whether that be Mac Jones, whether that be Justin Fields, or whether that be who I think they end up with in Jimmy Garoppolo at some point down the line. I don't know whether that's going to be this weekend or a couple months or a year. Who knows? But I do think they end up with Jimmy Garoppolo at some point. I, I'm not too nervous to see what they do. I think no matter what happens in New England, Belichick's not going to be there forever, and I think they're not beating Josh out. I, I truly believe that. All right. Well, I'm much more scared of Miami than New England. All right. So bold takes for the AFC East. Fair enough. Um, 
looks like we will move on. Wait, so just to make sure, yeah, we had to do Dobbs pick. So Justin Fields goes here. That means we have four quarterbacks officially off the board at 15, uh, which is. Who's our one quarterback still left? Uh, wait, they're all gone. Five, five. Sorry, I keep forgetting. Yeah, I was about to say. Ones. Sorry. None um, of us had another quarterback on in the first round, did we? No, no, no one's reaching. <laughs> okay, uh, we're, we're not I, going with the Tyler Melito plus eight hundred Kyle Trask. I nope. would throw up that you said that. Your friend, ha- your friend has plus eight hundred on Kyle Trask doing the first round. Yes. Yep. He, how many? He, please tell me, only put one unit on that. No, he, he doesn't actually bet it. It's for the show that we have to be the bookie show on six. Oh, he went on and said okay. that the best pick that he had was a parlay of. I don't remember who it was. It Fields. Fields. It was Fields. No, Lance, was it? No, it was Fields. It was Fields, Pitts. No, it was Lance. It was definitely Lance Forrest, Sewell, five. I don't remember who was three, but plus 2,400. Well, three was Lance. If three was Fields, the Niners. Anyways. Then, then it was Lance Sewell okay. for plus 2,400. Anyways, we gotta, we'll keep moving here. I actually want to have fun here with the 16th pick because I have a trade. And I pray that one of my trades gets put through here. I have the football team jumping the Raiders. Now, let me let me play this out. I like both, that. Both of these. I teams, know exactly what you're doing. They're taking Micah Parsons, aren't they? Yes. I love that. They're, I happen they're, to love that. They're leapfrogging the Raiders to get a linebacker, even though the Raiders need a linebacker. So they will trade up 216 to select Micah Parsons. Uh, that's what I have them doing. I happen to love that. That's not what I had, but I do happen to love that. Uh, I got the Cardinals sticking and picking here, and they're going to go with Caleb Farley. Uh, I think I, I have Caleb you're Farley, Farley at 19. 19. Yes. The one thing I'll say to you about that trade, I completely understand where you're coming from and like the thought process with it. However, I, I think where they're sitting, there's two great linebackers on the board and Parsons and Jeremiah Ozukoromora, where you just don't need to trade up. You can let one of those guys fall to you. And I think JOK is just as good as Parsons and doesn't have some of the off the field issues that I know Parsons has been dealing with. So I, w- I would stick at 19. Dom, what do you have them doing at 17, the Cardinals? So here's the thing. In my mock, I have, I obviously have the Cardinals picking here and the football team picking at 19. I have both of what you guys just said. I have Farley to the Cardinals and Parsons to the football team. So... How do we want to? How do we want to maneuver this for give our? Leo, give Leo a trade. That's how I want to do it. Well, because Josh, who do you have Washington picking at nineteen? I have. Jeremiah. Let me just run through. I, I have Micah Parsons at seventeen to the Raiders. This was strongly enforced by a friend of mine who's a good Raiders fan. Shout out to Gilbert. He was very, very emphatic when I was talking to him about my mock draft. I called him actually. I don't remember when I called him when I was doing this, but he went through a couple of picks with me and I told him Parsons was on the board when the Raiders were picking at 17 and he was very excited about that. So definitely Parsons at 17, I think is the pick if he's still there. I had Jeremiah Wusukoromara at, I probably pronounced that wrong. I don't care. I had JOK at 19. So his is against your picks, Dom. So you should pick the fun trade. Yeah, I'll do the trade. I got a trade. We'll do the trade. Let's have a... I'm hyped. We'll have in the official split the scene mock draft, the Washington football team trades up from 19 to 16 to select Micah Parsons linebacker out of Penn state. So we now go to the Raiders. Right. And uh, so Josh just take, said, yes, they would take JOK. And that's it. They would take JOK. I have been taking JOK. 
because he's okay. not, I have them taking Micah Parsons, but if right. Parsons is off the board, they're taking okay. I'm cool with that. My pick personally for this is Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. Uh, they lost a couple of players on that offensive line this time around. Um, so I think they need to bolster that a little bit, help keep Carr healthy back there because we've seen when he's healthy, he's really good. And when he's not healthy, this team is doo-doo. Uh, but I think JLK is Hey, give Peter go to chance. Yeah, give him a chance behind a banged-up O-line. We'll see what happens again. Uh, I just think that the defense was so bad that John Gruden and those guys are going to go defense again. Sure, it's, yeah, it's yeah. The Raiders. All right, so I am two for two so far. I'm on a hot streak. It's probably going to get ruined here. Um, so I, at 18, this is an interesting pick. We have Miami again. Um, I have them doing what Dom said they were going to do earlier and taking Vera Tucker here. I think they're going to take Elijah Vera Tucker at 18 and try to protect Tua. Uh, I guess Dom would rather them take Tevin Jenkins, but I'm, that's my pick. I have them taking Vera Tucker at 18. Dom, uh, So, I mean, yeah, I have them taking Slater at six. So they already addressed their offensive line. And now they're going to give the weapon to Tua Tagovailoa, and they're going to take, in my opinion, uh, one of the better wide receivers in this class. I am ranked in front of Devonta Smith, but Rashad Bateman at 18 to the Dolphins. They're going to get a really talented, a skillful wide receiver here at 18. All right, so we're probably not going to do Doms because we already have been taking Jamar Chase. I'm just putting that out there in our mock. So it'd be weird to do Bateman. Yes, Josh, what is your pick, though? Uh, I also have a pick eight at number 18, and it also happens to be Rashad Bateman. However, I had Miami taking J- I had Miami taking Jamar Chase at six overall, so it's not going to be Miami picking a receiver at 18. They're going to make a move with Baltimore, move down to 27. Baltimore goes up to 18, jumps over a couple of receiver needy teams. Some people have been saying the Colts need one. I don't agree with that, but they're going to jump over the Titans. They're going to jump over Washington. You could use another guy. They're going to jump over the Giants, who I have down there at 20 because of the Justin Fields move. Go up to 18 and take Rashad Bateman. They need a guy on the outside to help out Lamar Jackson. All right, this is an interesting situation. Uh, so, Don, we can't do yours. Uh, so, it leaves you in the driver's seat once again. Do you want to put another trade in the mock here, or do you want to have the Dolphins doing what you have them doing earlier but later no i mean let's just give him vera tucker if we already have him going with a wide receiver let's do that let's keep things let's keep things cleaner here okay yep all right that's a good trade though josh that's a good trade no that i actually josh i actually like that trade i'll say that that is especially with the giants picking at 20 that's a big trade yeah uh but in this smock giants aren't there uh so move to 19 which we do have the arizona is now arizona at the split let's put the same mock and we'll have him taking Farley here. Yes. All right, cool. Yeah, so I had, I had Washington pick there taking JOK. Right. Four in a row for the big ginge. Just want that on record. Um, All right. So Chicago here, I have them taking Bateman because I think he's too good. And I think they want to pair someone with Allen Robinson. And they know Allen Robinson won't be here next year. I don't think that's what we're going to end up picking, but I, that's my logic. Um, them taking Bateman. So, yeah. I First of all, I don't think Gallagher Robinson is going to be there this year. I think he's a tag and trade candidate okay. in July, August. Reforce, so that reinforces my, you know. That makes it even better, but yeah. do you want to throw that out there? 
I have the Giants picking at 20 because of the trade with the Bears, and I have them taking Aziz Ogulari out of Georgia. I think they need a guy off the edge, and I think he's a good fit there. All right, so we, Josh, looks like you're going to be in the driver's seat here because, uh, well, we're not going to do that in this cleaner mock without the Giants picking there. But, Dom, what do you have Chicago doing at 20? I have them bolstering their defense up a little bit. I have them taking uh, Chicago product. Greg Newsom, quarterback out of Northwestern. Uh, their secondary uh, was a little weaker last year, and I think they could uh, they could bolster that a little bit with Newsom. And he's similar to my horn pick to the Panthers. He's a cornerback who I'm sure they're well scouted on. All right, Josh, so it's up to you now. Do they go offense or defense is basically what you're saying here. I think they go defense. I think cornerback that's well scouted on that they know familiar in that area, I think will be something that makes some Bears fans happy. And I said it a lot last year. I'll say it again now. When Matt Nagy gets fired this offseason, the next head coach of the Chicago Bears will be Pat Fitzgerald. And I think that having Greg Newsom there will make Pat Fitzgerald a little more excited to leave Northwestern and go to Chicago. Yeah, I actually don't actually like that pick a lot because they had to cut a Jackson. Uh, I didn't think about that. So I was going to vote. Even if he said my pick, I was going to do some cheekiness and say, psych, I'm voting Dobbs, even though he voted mine. Um, so I want to make sure, do we have, I feel like we all have Rashad Bateman already picked. We need to be careful because do we all have Bateman already picked in all of our mocks? I'm I do. Bateman yeah. Yes, yes okay. we all do. So we need to be careful here because we don't want to accidentally drop him out of the first, which he's not going to do. Uh, because we already passed on him in our mocks, and that's not what happened. <laughs> so let's just keep that in mind as we're moving. I want to keep, keep have that keep that in mind uh, here for this next pick. Uh, India twenty one. I have them taking Tevin Jenkins uh, to get an O tackle to put on that line. Uh, but if Bateman's still on the board, I would vote Indy takes Bateman because they don't have a really reliable number one right now. Like you say, T Y Hill in the end of down year. Who else outside of that? Zach Pascal? Like I, I Zach think Pascal's really good. They got Michael Pittman, who they just spent a second rounder on last year, who I think is a really, really good receiver. Mm-hmm. And they got one more guy who I'm forgetting. T.Y.? No, we mentioned T.Y. They got T.Y., Pittman, Pascal, and there's a fourth receiver they have who I like. I still think if they make it. And they also have – no, they don't have Ebron anymore. Never mind. They have Jack Doyle, who's pretty good. They have two nice running backs as well. I don't think they need to go with a skill position. I, uh, I just think if ba- I don't think they think Bateman's going to get there. And if I'm, if he gets there in our mock, he's he, he could be a true number one potential. And Ty Hilton's not going to be that anymore. And as much as Pittman, you like Pittman and Pascal, they aren't ones. So I would vote Bateman. Uh, but we can also still vote Tevin Jenkins. That, that's what I'll say. We'll move on. Jo- Josh, what do you have Indy doing? I think Indy needs to address some issues on the edge. They're losing a valuable player in Justin Houston who put up 19 sacks for them in two seasons in Indianapolis. And I think they go address the guy on the edge. I still have Quiddy Pay on my board and I think he goes 21 here to Indy. Okay. I, okay. Here, I'm going to throw, Dom, go ahead first and then I'll throw out what I think we should do. I have Christian Barmore. I think they stuff the middle up with Barmore. Uh, pair him with Buckner, and they have a dynamic duo up front. That's fun. That's fun. That's really fun. Okay, here's why. Here's what I say we should do. Okay, I we still have Aziz Ojolari on the board, correct? He would be. I think we should have Indy pick an edge. I think they should have them take 
Aziz here because he's still on the board. And then the Titans, we have Quiddy Pay off the board. Yeah, Quiddy Pay is off the board. Okay. So I say yeah, Lavar. So they take Aziz, and then listen, this is the other part. Tennessee takes Bateman because they certainly need a receiver. Tennessee would take Bateman if he's on the board. Sure, and and my my twenty two pick is J is Jock, and Jock was already taken our mock, so I'm good with that. Okay, so just to clarify for the viewers at home, and, right? and I had Tevin Jenkins twenty two. Okay, all right, so we are going to have Aziz Oljolari taken at twenty one for the Indy to help their edge, and then twenty two since in our mock Bateman falls. Tennessee's going to jump all over that and take Rashad Bateman. All right, so now we arrive at 23, uh, which is uh, the second pick for the New York Jets. So this is interesting. Uh, they could do a lot of things here. Dom, we're going to start with you. What do you have the Jets doing here? So originally, this was where I had Quiti Pay going, but then I said, wait, no, I want Pay going first edge. So then I ended up having um, – Jalen Phillips, edge out of Miami, going here at number 23. So Jalen Phillips and edge, they need they need pass rushing uh, for New York. They need to get to the quarterback. So Jalen Phillips at 23. Okay. Da, da, da. Josh, what do you have your favorite New, New England? Why do you want to say New England? New York Jets doing. This was the only pick where I went with what I think is best and not what I think the team is going to do. I have the Jets taking one of my favorite players in this draft. I don't think they're actually going to end up taking him because the Jets obviously will not be making a good selection with this pick. So I have them taking Zayvon Collins, though. I think he's one of the best players in this draft. I think he's phenomenal, really, really versatile outside linebacker who can get to the quarterback well as well. I love Zayvon Collins, and I have him going 23 to the Jets. <laughs> so <laughs> I have the Jets doing something crazy and taking Najee Harris here. At 23, which that I don't. Pain. That would give me so much pain. Which, well, that means you think it's a good pick. No, no. He, he, I just know that he is Najee Harris mocked to the Bills. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't? Well, that's, that's what I know you want. Yes. Well, I, I would like Najee. I, I'm not set in stone Najee Harris or Frost, but Najee Harris would be my first plan pick for the Bills. I think there's definitely other options. I'm not going to be upset if we don't end up with Najee, but I think if he's on the board, we take him. So I have a question, right? We have Tevin Jenkins still on the board. Would Tevin Jenkins, if he got here, be a lock for the Jets? I feel like he would. If, if you're going to draft yeah, Zach Wilson... That's a Jets pick. That's a Jets pick. If you're going to draft... Put him with Becton... That's pretty good. That's I think something that's what the they, Jets would do. I think that's what they do with Zach Wilson if they draft Zach Wilson. I think we should put Tevin Jenkins at 20. Yeah, because I already had him going a couple of picks earlier. Yeah, I'm I sure had him going at 22. So. Yeah, okay. So we'll have the Jets land Tevin Jenkins in this draft. Um, we'll move to 24. Now, this is where I have Pittsburgh taking ETN, uh, which I think the more I think about it, I don't think they'll you, take you said you had the Jets taking Najee 23, right? Okay. Never yeah. Mind. So I, the more and more I think about it, I might change this on my, on my mockout app. I don't know if the Steelers take a running back. I have the Steelers taking Najee. Okay. So, okay. Can you explain to me, I guess, cause I'm unsure. And I don't want to sound stupid. Why do you think Steelers would take a running back? Because they lost James Conner and their run game was awful last year. Why was their I, run game awful, though? We've talked about this, though. The run game the running suck. backs suck. No, running backs do not 
they have a decent offensive line. It, it it was banged up last year. It was not didn't as they, good. Sure, they also have a up, decent offensive line. Objectively, it wasn't. No, 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 no. Their offensive line wasn't good last year because listen, they couldn't run the ball, and Big Ben had to throw the ball in the shortest amount of time possible in in the entire league. You know why? Because their tell offensive you why line was? wasn't no. good, no. and Big Ben, they Big Ben, never wasn't ran good. the no. They never ran the ball. And instead of using a run game, they worked a screen game a lot. And that's what the quick passes came from. But they also did that because their offensive line sucked. Did Mason – didn't the Steelers lose a t- uh, an all-lineman in retirement? Who retired? Did one of – No, one, but they're retired. losing the Inuweba to the Ravens. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay, so, Dom, who would you have them take? You sound like you're going to have them taking a, a, ta- a tackle or an interior alignment. Elijah Fair Tucker. Okay. If he's on the board, he's going at 24, no question. But, but he's off the board for us. He, he already right. went at 18. So right. I think I think we ha- have them take Najee Harris. Dom, pick? I, my, my pick would be Travis Etienne, but Najee Harris went 23. Oh, you guys are killing me here. All right. I know, I know you hate Fine. this, but you're going to have to Fine. live in this world. Because, I mean, you guys can take a wild guess how many running backs I have going in my first round mock draft. Zero. It's zero. But um, – Sure. Not okay, here's Fine. my I, question, though, Dom. I, so, I'd feel bad for Steelers fans if they make this pick. I'd, I'd can can I ask a question, though, Dom, since you're being very outspoken right now about not taking running backs in the first yes. round? You, you agree that it's different for the Bills to do it than any other team, correct? Uh, no, I don't, because they have they have Zach Moss and they have Devin Singletary. So I think that would be a bad Okay, pick. but we also don't have needs. So then why would you take a running back? You take best, you trade, best player available. That you trade uh, down. Uh, you trade down. Best player available. Is he the best player available? He's not. If, if Najee Harris is on the board at 30, he's probably the best player available. Maybe. I I I, I think that would be a dumb pick. You're a championship caliber team. You already have two solid running backs that that, that complement each other's skills. Moss is a power runner. Singletary's a nice pass catcher who can also run the ball a little bit. Drafting a running back would be so bad because now you have three running backs. That's that's roster spots. This is here's, this is dumb. This is a dumb. Here's my question for Don. I know with your mock, you used your logic. The you know your most outspoken thing in football, hundred percent, is that you running backs don't matter. Do you generally believe that there won't be a running back taken in the first round? Uh, or is your mock? Did you use your logic on your mock because you don't have a, a running back first round? Do well, because be- I. I personally don't think picking a running back for any of these teams makes any sense. I understand that, but you have to apply. Did you apply the realism that they now, listen, think like that? If you, uh, if I don't you know how you could say the Bills picking a running back makes zero sense, but okay. I just I just said it does make sense. They already have two but, running backs who are capable of but, running but in the NFL. you watched them be incapable of running the ball in the playoffs. And they, so clearly they need to address the position. I guess I guess why I that was with Zach Moss out, but – Right, that was Moss with Zach Moss out. But, but Zach Moss wasn't that productive when he was on the field. He was good. He wasn't fantastic. I guess what all I'm... you need is them for them to be good. Listen, I... here, if you here, but you I'll want someone who's fantastic. No, you don't. You don't need Zoom. when you have Josh Allen. If he plays like how you don't need him to be fantastic. You need him to run the ball. Of course, you to, don't need to... anyone to be fantastic. All right, you Listen. don't need him to be fantastic when you have Josh Allen. But the Bills don't need anything crazy. If Najee Harris is the best player on the board, you take him. Because he's the best player on the board and he would be great on this team. All right, here, here, Leo, to answer your question, 
if you gave me $10 and said, you have to bet this on straight up or not straight up. Cause there'd be odds on this running back taken first round. Yes or no. I would put it on. Yes. But in my mock, I didn't see a pick where it made sense. So I didn't mock any first round draft running backs. I just want to understand that you, I, now that I understand it, you made a mock based on what you think teams should do more so than what you think they're going to do. No, I did it on what I did it on what they think they're going to do, but I just didn't see a place where a running back made sense in my opinion. Okay, so it's a it's a mix of both because I feel like you can do a mock you can do a mock like one leaning one way or the other. Like obviously you're going to have some of your own right, hundred percent. But you also need to apply the idea that they might not think what you're thinking and they do something opposite. So you just yeah. lean towards your intuition and the idea of not putting a running back in the first round. Right, and if you were to ask me, you know, which teams do you think a running back makes? the most sense the answer is no but pittsburgh buffalo jacksonville some of those teams are at the top of my list jacksonville james Robinson. i don't i yeah I, I don't know i i just don't know like okay he's a great example of running backs not mattering they do win in like the sixth round yep just because okay quarterbacks don't matter the patriots drafted tom brady in the sixth round that that's <laughs> tom oh, no. brady was a starting quarterback at the university of michigan Oh, no. Where did you throw remember. Like, I think Memphis. Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, so you many- can find great players in the sixth round at any position. But it's not just that. Like, you can find great I- running backs undrafted or late. Like, you look at great players at what position, running backs are the lowest every single damn time. I have, I have a better way. Dom, I have a great way to explain this to so you might back up because he, you're trying to you're trying to use the Tom Brady logic to say that – he he, he, he gave me one pick. He gave I, me one pick. Outside of Tom Brady, the drop-off in talent from a first-round quarterback to a seventh-round quarterback is astronomical compared to a first-round running back to a seventh-round running back. There really isn't any difference. That's, that's why running backs yes. that. that that's there why there definitely are. is a difference. Yes, the difference is less, absolutely. But there is very clearly a difference. Between I'm not, not going to say there's no difference. Dom wouldn't even say there's no difference. But – Dom, okay, Dom, you wouldn't say there's no difference between a first round and a seventh round running back, correct? I mean, in terms of talent, there's obviously a difference. Like, okay. Najee Harris is very clearly the best running back in this draft. However, if you put him behind a bad offensive line, he's not going to do anything. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's keep rolling because we've gone on a pretty crazy tangent to the fact that I almost forgot what pick we were on. Uh, we are on 25 here for Jacksonville, and I have them taking Barmore uh, here to bolster their interior defensive line, which they haven't had a real good one since, you know, Saxonville fell apart. So I have them taking Christian Barmore. Josh, what do you have them doing here? I have them going with Javon Moore. I think they need a safety. I think they need a guy on that back end who's going to keep their eyes out on the quarterback, keep your eyes on Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill. There's a lot going on in these offenses. They need someone to keep their eyes out on the field like that. And I think more of the right guy to do it for them. They haven't had a good safety in a long time. I think it's the right pick here. So did you already have Barnmore going? No. Okay. Dom, I like that pick, Josh. I think that's also a good option. Dom, what do you have him doing? Well, that's our pick, Trevon Morick. I also have him going to Jacksonville here at 25. Okay. So Morick is off the board. 26, Cleveland. This is where I have Jalen Phillips going. Uh, I think this would be a great pick. I do understand the argument it wouldn't be a good pick because they have Jadavian Clowney. But I don't think Clowney will be here after that year because he's going to be old. So why not take the best available player here, in my opinion, 
uh, and and your your second edge for the future. So I have Jalen Phillips going here at 26. Yeah, you I mentioned have, the Jadavian Clowney signing in Cleveland. I think the important thing that I think kind of got pushed underneath the news of that Clowney signing was that to offset the money that they had to spend to get Jadavian Clowney, they got rid of Sheldon Richardson, which was a big player for them on the D-line, and I think they got to go out and replace him. This is where I have Christian Barmore going. So in my mod, Barmore wouldn't be here. Um, okay. Uh, you know what? I back the Barnmore pick because if he were on the board here in my mock, I would have him taking him, not Jalen Phillips. But see, it's, he's not here. He's not see, here it's left. funny because I have Ojolari right here. So Jalen Phillips would have been my pick here, like considering that we already have Aziz Ojolari off our board. Okay, question for you though. Does You already had Barnmore going as well. So I did. In your logic, if Barnmore got to 26 with them getting rid of Richardson, would you really have him taking? No, yeah, yeah, you're, okay. you're right. So let's okay, go Barmore. So we'll go Barmore. 27, Baltimore. I had Morig going here uh, to compliment Earl Thomas, but he's not here. Is, is Oral Thomas going to play? Yeah, uh, I don't if he does so. play. He, okay, we're, I, I have no idea. I have no regardless, idea. that helps my argument. If he doesn't, they give their safety the future. Doesn't matter. We don't have him here. So I would suggest they take Jalen Phillips. No. I have a trade here. I have... The Dolphins picking here after that trade with the Ravens. I think they go with the Miami product and take Greg Rosso. The problem is we can't do that because we don't we don't have that trade going through. Right. I know. I'm just, I'm just saying what I have. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, making sure. Dom, so, what do you have them doing? So, I have them taking Kadarius Tony, wide receiver here. They need a guy that can get open, be shifty, and uh, I think Tony exactly fits that bill. You don't have them looking at uh, – a, like jump you think they would take him over Terrace Marshall and already have a bunch of speed dudes yes yeah that's what I their have, offense is it's all speed dudes okay I have yeah, Marshall but, going a little bit I have Marshall going a little bit okay so okay can someone remind me what is Baltimore's edge situation right now they still got uh, Calais don't they there's do they still have Judon do, do they know Judon's in New England play, do they not right. play Calais inside yeah, you know, he plays. plays the, oh, they have plays. A, is Ngakwe still there? No, he went to Raiders. Yeah, he went Raiders. Yeah, Yannick went to the Raiders for two years. So, so they really don't have an edge. Would they, they really have some depth? They have some depth that they like. I'm blanking on who it is. We get a. We probably should you know research this more, but I mean the fact that we can't really think of a guy leans the idea that if Jalen Phillips fell here, they pick him. In my opinion. They got uh, Derek Wolf on the edge, who they really like. They got Pernell McPhee as well, who's pretty good. I don't think they need to go edge. All right, so you have them taking the, the speed wideout then? Because you, you're the decider here, because your pick doesn't work. I, I don't think they'd want to go with a guy like Cohen. I mean, maybe they would, because all they do is pick speed, but I think that would be a really stupid pick. Even though I really like Tony, I think that would be a really stupid pick because they just don't need more speed. Well, unfortunately, Josh Golden, you have to either you have to pick between two picks you don't like, unfortunately. So I'm picking between Tony and who was your pick? Phillips? Phillips. Yeah, I give him Phillips. Oh, okay. All right. Woo-hoo. All right. So we have Jalen Phillips going to Baltimore. I will say I had Morag here who would be a good fit. I think he'd be better than Jalen Phillips fit, but uh, that's how we have it. I, I think Phillips is the best available player on the board now. 
at this point. Um, we'll move can, on. Can I talk about pick 28 for a second? Because this is the one I'm really excited about. We're on, we're on, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. We're on 28 now. Yeah, yeah, this is my favorite pick in the draft, I think, of my mock. This is, to me, the best fit. I, I just love the way that Sean Payton can use this guy's skill set. I think Kadarius Tony here would be so much fun. So much fun. I would love to see that fit in the Saints offense. They've never really had a guy who's as quick and shifty as Tony. I mean, they've had some fast guys over the years, but they've never really had that real speedster. And I think it would be just a really fun fit to see how Sean Payton makes that work. So I, in my mock, had them going with Terrace Marshall Jr., but the more I think about it, he is a copy, not in skill and talent, not in talent level, but in skill level and like how he plays to Michael Thomas. He's, he's, he's going to be a lot like Michael Thomas. So I don't think they would, now that I think about it more, I don't think they draft another Michael Thomas. So I'm going to hear Dom's pick, but Josh, I think that's a great idea for Sean Payne to get a speed guy like that. Dom, what do you By have? far my favorite pick that I had, by far. All right, Dom, so what do you have Sean Payne taking here? I have them taking Gregory Rousseau, edge out of Miami. They uh, they last took, what's his name? Not Hendrickson, but the big dude at UTSA, Marcus Davenport. And this pick reminds me of that. Uh, pick hasn't necessarily exactly gone through as well as they would have liked, but uh, they, could, they could get another guy that could go on the edge because Trey Hendrickson became a free agent, right? Yes. So they'll get another edge guy, Rousseau. You know what? I'm gonna give it to Josh because I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give it to Josh because he was so passionate about this pick, honestly, and I, I like the idea of that. So we'll give Josh his favorite pick of the draft. Uh, for Thank fun. you. Yep. There you go. Um, we'll move to 29. This is interesting because I think there's something that Green Bay should obviously do, but they're Green Bay and they they never do this. Uh, <laughs> I would have them selecting a wideout. Um, I actually still don't think they'd take Terrace Marshall because he's, he's, he's the same. He's, he's basically Devontae Adams, not in talent level. Let me just say that before so eclipse it. But like they have the same skill set, don't they? They're both like bigger one on one guys. You wouldn't want two of those dudes on your team, right? Like that's not necessarily true. Okay. So I have them taking Rondale Moore here from Purdue. Ooh. Interesting. That'd be fun. I don't think Very he goes in the first round, though. I I mean, like, this is me thinking what Green Bay should do. They should take a wide out, but in all realist in all realistic ideals, they probably wouldn't. Maybe you know what? Actually, maybe they take Xavier Collins because they don't have Blake Martinez. Xavier, Xavier, sorry, Xavier Collins. I keep forgetting they lost Blake Martinez. So I'll I'll say that I'll I'll vote that. I think they take Collins. I want to say now that we're at pick 29 with the Bills obviously picking next, if we don't take Zayvon Collins here with this pick, the Bills will take Zayvon Collins at 30, especially with Najee off the board. I have Collins mocked here. I have Collins mocked with the Bills if I if we don't change it to this. Zayvon Collins would be picked at 30 if he's on the board, so I do agree with that. I still had Greg Newsom on my board, so I went with him at 29 because they're obviously not going to draft a receiver. And they do need someone on the other side of Jair Alexander. So I think this would be a nice fit. I like Greg News in there. Uh, I also like that pick more than my pick I have on my board right now. But you had Newsom go to Chicago. We did. Sorry. We had Newsom go to Chicago. So we can't do that, which now comes down. Dom, what do you have Green Bay doing? 
When I think of Green Bay, I think of their dominant offensive line. I think they're going to bolster that here. They're going to take another tackle. Bakhtiari got banged up last year. And uh, Bulaga, right? Bulaga was their offensive tackle, right? Yes. Or, I don't remember. Their, their, other, their right tackle ended up leaving yeah. for free agency. So I think that they go Alex Leatherwood here out of Alabama. Bolster that offensive line again. You know what? I like Leatherwood. I like Leatherwood. I like that pick a lot more than anything we've said. He, he moves very well. Alex Leatherwood. Oh, and the movement from offensive linemen with uh, with Rodgers goes well with the way he moves around the pocket. So I, I, I think that's a great pick. All right. So we'll have Leatherwood go 29 to Green Bay, which means Zaven Collins makes it to 30. Zaven Collins would go 30 if he's on the board. No question. Uh, unless Najee's somehow there too. Zaven Collins is going. Zayvon Collins is a much better pick there than than Najee Harris. And I would 100 you could, agree. You I don't I don't disagree with that to be honest with you. Um, however, I don't have I don't have Zayvon Collins on the board for me. So at 30, I took Travis Etienne for the Bills. Okay. Um, he okay. So he would have gone to Pittsburgh for me, but we had him. We had Pittsburgh take Najee Harris. Ooh, so do I – okay, ja, Dom, what do you have? Buffalo. Dave. I have Joseph Osai out of Texas. Uh, Buffalo wasn't – I would love that. I love Joseph Osai. Buffalo wasn't great at rushing the passer last year. Like, if I had to signify, like, any one of their weaknesses on their team defensively, it was rushing the passer, uh, at least once Matt Milano was on the field uh, with pass coverage. And I know that they re-signed him. So I, I didn't think Collins made too much sense for my mock draft. Uh, so I think they could they could bolster their edge, get a pro get a project in Osai. See, here's the thing though: is Bills money. don't need another edge project. They have AJ Epineza, they have Daryl Johnson, who they took in the seventh round in nineteen, who's been developing really well. They don't need a third edge project, which is why I don't love the idea of taking edge at thirty. I don't think there's any edge rusher on the board at thirty who's going to make a major impact or one. All right, so. It comes down to this. It's going to – Dom, I think you're going to pick Collins because if you pick Josh's pick, you surrender the idea yeah, that – Zayvon Collins is going at 30. If he's on. Yeah, let, let's go Collins. Yeah, I'm okay. good with that. Dang, I was going to run my speech. Okay, anyways, uh, we have now at 31 Baltimore picking again because they traded back up to the first round with the Chiefs. That's uh, – actually, we didn't talk about that. We I forgot. We, we didn't talk about that. Uh, the Chiefs – Traded for Orlando Brown, uh, and they traded this first round pick. Uh, man, they 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 did exactly what they needed to do in the offseason, huh? They they got they got they stronger. Bolstered, they bolstered their offensive line, which was you know coming in this offseason their their weakness uh, along with their defense. So uh, you know they they got a solid player who uh, is only under contract for one more year. Seems like they're they're gonna want to resign him. I don't know where they're gonna keep finding this money. Then again. Salary cap's a myth, but um, yeah, good trade for them. And then uh, I have I have Baltimore taking offensive tackle Liam Eichenberg to to replace Orlando Brown. I had them taking Samuel Kosme out of Texas. So we both have tackles. Um, it just came down Josh. to preference of tackle, Josh. Uh, this is my Joey Osai spot. I think this is where they go edge. I really like Joey Osai. I think this would be a good spot for him here. But we already had them take Phillips. So 
Who do you like more, Samuel Kosmi or uh, Dom? Wait, Dom, who would you say again? You said which tackle? Eichenberg. Eichenberg. So do you? I don't think they would go tackle because they're signing Villanueva. Are they? Have they already? They haven't done it yet, though, have they? they, they it, they've announced that they're going to sign Villanueva. They just haven't done it yet because if they sign him before the draft, they lose a compensatory pick. Okay. But, um, but they're signing Villanueva. Okay, so this puts us in an interesting scenario because you're not in, our, in this mock, Josh, you're not going to have them take an edge because we already have them with Phillips. Mm-hmm. So we need to think what we're going to do here. I, I, I do. I didn't think about that. I think we shouldn't do a tackle here. G- g- give him cost me though. I think even though they're signing Villanueva, he is on the older side. I don't know how long they're signing him for. Let's let them develop a right tackle behind Villanueva. I will say Ron, Ron, Rondale Moore and Terrace Marshall Jr. are still on the board here. Wide receivers. Cost me. Okay. All right. We'll they they need to develop someone behind Villanueva. He is much older. All right, so Samuel Cosme goes 31 uh, to Baltimore, which means we ride at the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, picking number 32. I have them taking the only guard in the first round, White Davis, to ensure their inside O-line help. For Tom Brady. Dom? I'm going to Terrace Marshall here. I think they need to work on another wide receiver for the future. Do they franchise tag... Godwin. Um, Godwin. Okay. I imagine he'll go after he tries to get another ring this year in Brady's last year on his contract. He'll he'll go get he'll go chase the bag next off season. Okay. All right. I I get the logic there. Josh, what do you have the Super Bowl champions doing? Uh, this is my Jalen Phillips spot, actually. Okay. So, <laughs> wow, that's great. We all have to we have to do some talking again for this pick. All right, so did we want to go with the idea that they shore up the O-line, a wideout for the future, or, well, we can't do we can't do Josh's. So I guess it's up to Josh again. Jalen Phillips is already out the board. What are the options here? It's they take the best guard in my, and probably the best guard in the class in Wyatt Davis, or they take Terrace Martin Jr. I, here's why I say, I think you should say Davis is because they, they, they signed Wyatt Tom. Davis. Yeah, they sent Tom to a multi-year deal. So Davis. It's crazy. All right. So Wyatt Davis goes to Tampa Bay, which means in our mock, Terrace Marshall Jr. might get to my Eagles and make me giddy. Uh <laughs> well, but, but in my mock, they get well, I they get think your chase. Oh, okay. I was just saying the mock's <laughs> Never mind. Your mock's delusional. Um, <laughs> um all right. Well, that's this is what this team mock drafts. Uh, wow, that took a while, but I, I, that was fun. We had a lot of heated debate about a lot of things in that. I think that talked about a lot. It was less heated than the uh, the Andrew Luck conversation we had last week. So, <laughs> well, that, well, yeah, but that's because that was ludicrous. Correct. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're not. No, 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 too late. Too late. In the, too late. In the bye guys going out. Way too late. That. Um, but yeah, that's our first ever mock draft. Uh, I I hope that we get back to this. It's crazy that it says we're still here in a year. I'd love to do this again uh, in the exact same style, but we're all pretty tired, uh, I can tell. So we're going to move to final thoughts so we can all get to our Monday nights here. So Josh Golden, final thoughts for episode 32. 
Yeah, final thought. I love the NFL draft. It is one of my favorite sporting events of the year. However, it's not even the best sporting event of the week. Kentucky Derby is coming up on Saturday, first Saturday in May. It's going to be a hell of a race. I got to admit, I got to apologize to you guys. I do not have a pick for the Derby yet. However, what I will say, essential quality is not a super horse. I don't think essential quality is going to be able to win this race. Good horse. I don't think it's a perfect horse. Hasn't really raced against the greatest competition. I really like this Derby field. I got to look a little more into it. I'll have a pick probably Friday afternoon, but I think we could see some nice prices hit the board. It's going to be a fun weekend. I am excited for the Kentucky Derby. I went to the Delmar. I've only been to the Delmar racetrack a couple times. So everything you just said confused me, but all right. I, I could go into a lot more that would confuse you. Don't worry. Okay. My horse racing knowledge is much better than you would think. I love Sounds the ponies. Like I had my bar mitzvah reception at Del Mar Racetrack, actually. Love the ponies. Grew up around the ponies. It's going to be a fun day. I think there's going to be a couple nice names. I do want to throw out a couple names while we're on the subject. I think Medina Spirit, just going off of the name. I love Bob Baffert. Anytime he trains a horse, that's a horse I look at. Johnny V on the ride as well is always great. The one horse that I do want to talk about, though, which horse was it? It was um, Hidden Stash, I believe it is. You know who the part owner of Hidden Stash is, Leo? Well, it's going to be some athlete, isn't it? No, it's not going to be some athlete. It's a guy who at this age is not very athletic, but has a son who is pretty darn good. Two sons, actually, who I'm hoping are pretty darn good. A guy named Jim Beheim. Oh, I actually heard about this. I, I do know that Jim Beheim owns a part-time owns a horse. I forgot I heard that. Okay, yeah. I, I believe it's Hidden Stash. I'm not 100% sure. Let me double-check that. Actually. They didn't say the name. But, um, yeah, so Dom, we'll move to your final thought uh, as Josh does some Googling. My final thought, those clowns out there that thought the Dodgers were just going to walk to another World Series, they were by far the best team in baseball. They were just so good. This dominant rotation, this this good bullpen, this good lineup, frauds. The Padres are just as good as the Dodgers, and this weekend proved it. The last weekend proved it as well. Padres were able to get three out of four in Dodgers Stadium in front of loud, rambunctious Dodgers fans against their one, two, three, and four starters. And I love it. Feed me the Dodgers. Fair enough. All right. Love that. I'm going to jump in real quick. It is Hidden Stash, who Beheim is a part owner of. Jockey Rafael Bejarano. I, I was a big fan of his growing up. He hasn't been so good these last couple of years. But Hidden Stash, seven starts, has hit the board five times. With that value that it's going to have, probably around a 60 to one ticket, that could be a nice horse to hold for some show tickets, Leo. God, is this what it feels like when girls at the bar hear me and my friends talking about football? Like, do they just think – I think you're speaking gibberish. Is this what, is this what people feel like? When I love the ponies, man. The, I can tell. The ponies man. are my true love. Man, oh, man. Okay. Uh, well, my my goal in life is to own a racehorse. I feel like that's a pretty accomplished goal. And, 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 and if Dom is a true friend, he'll know what I want to name my racehorse. Bronco. Nope. For, it's Ford Bronco, and it's going to be a white horse. Yes. So that I, when the horse – Friends, you can say everyone is chasing after the white Ford Bronco. Leo, you Beautiful. understand the reference, I'm hoping. Y y yes, I understand. The it's, funny. It's, funny. It's, it's funny. funny. it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. All right. We're going to move on to my final thought. I, I'm going back to an old one. Who would have thought? We are officially three weeks out from the NBA playoffs. Whew. Man, I know, I know none of you guys listening are going to see me. 
Uh, maybe if you follow my Twitter, I might decide to post a video of me going absolutely nuts. But I I go nuts for Sixers bet playoff basketball in, in all of the worst ways that you can probably think of. And I am excited to finally get there. Um, I'm sure these two are probably going to want to see me if uh, the Sixers start slipping in any sort of series because they probably will get endless laughs out of it. But I'm just excited that we're almost there. 12 games left in the NBA season for all these teams, at least for my Sixers. They're playing this 12th game right now. So, yes, that's my final thought. And the Knicks have won nine straight looking at 10. <laughs> right. Yes. All to bounce out in the first round. Uh, <laughs> all right. So that will do it for the 32nd episode of the Split the Seam podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week with more baseball and which I think will be arguably just as fun as the mock draft, our reactions to the full, the full draft. Yes. Yeah, the full draft, the full draft, not just the first round. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Take care.